You want to do intros? I'm always doing intros. You want to try to do intros? What's what do we do for intros? I don't know what you mean. Do you do you listen to the f- podcast? Uh, negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. You're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, Episode Four, recorded Saturday, April second, two thousand sixteen. Today we talk about playing with View, Postman Team functionality bash coming to windows why the hell are you on a shared host and static site generators using laravel blade templating let's get started hello and welcome to php ugly i am your your host tom Rideout with my co-host here wait how did i get demoted to fucking co-host jesus i uh, believe you got knocked out of the poker game before i did oh you know what? You know what I learned this week, guys at poker games. They don't like it when you yell out blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting experience. So I, I played poker for the first time this week, and Mister Rideout was there to to help take my money, bastard. I took none of your money. I assure you. I I also left completely empty-handed. You know what I thought was odd is. Despite the fact that we kept saying repeatedly that it wasn't strip poker, you continued to take your clothes off. It it was quite uncomfortable. Well, you let me pick the music. I'm going to pour some sugar on me, you know? <laughs> it's I, I just I get myself started, and it's hard to slow down. Oh, man. That was terrifying. I was sitting next to you. Yeah. So poker was fun. Yeah. I think, I think I'll do it again. I was... Didn't like I didn't like the losing money part, but I don't think I was a complete clown <laughs> out there either. Uh I really couldn't say one way or another. I, I think my my main goal next time I play poker is going to be to win. I think is what I'm gonna shoot for. That would be a different strategy, yeah. So how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right, you know. Uh it's nice and toasty in my uh recording studio slash uh bedroom here. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, doing doing well. Drinking some uh, Lagunitas. Yeah, I was I was gonna reach for the scotch, but I I ended up not going for it. <sighs> Sitting right there, I still might I still might grab some during the show because I have it here in my office. I have I have my scotch and my scotch glasses right here in my office. So I, I might have to go over there and get it. Get, matter of fact, let me go ahead and do that real fast. Hold on. All right, uh, all right. I'm back. I'm back what he scotch. doesn't know is that we've replaced his scotch with Folgers. Will he notice? Did you hear that? There's Lagavulin right there. Lagavulin. Listen. No, can't oh. hear that. No, I heard that. that was you heard that? A delicious pop. This is a single malt, 16-year-old single malt. I love you, this stuff. You know um, how they got that name? Lagavulin? Yeah, it's it's with okay. You're going to say something funny, huh? Because I I know how I know why it's called Lagavulin. What? How do they get that name? Because they asked that's the owner. What should we name this? And he goes. Ugh. Okay, we'll go with that as the answer. <laughs> Work's been exciting for us. Really? We've had, um, yeah, we have brought on a couple of new clients. That have been keeping us real busy. Um, we have an existing client that's kind of our 
our cornerstone to our business. Um, and they just brought on a new client. So their new client is our new client. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, we had a huge launch last week that ended up going really well. It was a nice change of pace. Uh, we had a short runway to get this new client uh, developed and coded. I mean, we had like a month to do what we needed to do for phase one, and we 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 nailed it. And they were able to. Get, they were supposed to go live April first, and since everything was working and running so well, they decided to go live a day early. So that was a that was nice. So business is a. Business is booming in the PHP world for us. Uh, I tell you, I cannot complain. Good to hear. You know, I don't know if we've discussed it a whole lot, but you are co-founder of uh, a a small PHP development consultancy uh, here here in San Diego. And yeah, it can. I know it can be uh, hit or miss when you're starting your own business, but I'm glad to hear things are going well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a long time. We've we actually started the the Diego Dev business three years ago, and have just been slowly building it, but this last last year has been stellar for us. I, I cannot complain about it. Yeah, once once we've uh, once we got away from the fact that there's a prison named Diego Dev, and that confusion got worked away, then the, every everything fell into place. It's worked in our favor. <laughs> we don't we don't care what you do with the website. We just want to make it work. That's right. What what's new with you? What you been working on? Uh, you know, not a whole lot. Um, the normal day in day out stuff. We've uh, recently pushed a PHP seven rewrite of a our gigantic CMS system out into the wild. Yeah, you're on. You you guys have been aggressive towards the push to PHP seven, and all in all, how's that working out for you? Uh, not a single hiccup, not a single problem. Everything is working as expected. Um, you know, we, we naturally switched our dev environments over first and, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was just a flick of a switch for us. It was no different than having to restart your VM. It it just fell right into place with a massive performance improvement. That is awesome. Yeah. Like I said, we, we, we brought on a new client and I had the pleasure of configuring the servers, uh, last week. And Mm -hmm. one of the first things I did was... It's a fresh application. We're building it from the ground up, and I installed PHP seven on there. That was just that felt good. Yeah, you know, uh, besides the performance, my favorite thing is the uh, the null coalesce operator. You know which one that is? The double question. Yeah, it basically doesn't is set on the the variable, and if if it's set, it just returns it, and if it's not set, then it returns the next argument to the to the operator. So, I mean, that thing. It cleans up code nice. It's real slick to be able to just drop that wherever you want to. So you guys are are using it more than just for the performance enhancements. You guys are actually taking advantage of some of the new feature sets, huh? Yeah. I mean, I understand some of the mentality for designing to be backwards compatible, but we're developing a product for internal use here. You know, we're not making something that's going to run on anything less than PHP 7. Right. So there's uh, for us, it's without a, without a doubt implement the new features when they make sense and when they work. So you and I, we're both back-end guys. We've had this conversation before, but I turned you on to uh, a new front-end library that you were looking into. How, how are you feeling about Vue? Vue. Uh, I I am kind of in love with Vue.js. What? Yeah, it's, 
it deals with the front end as if it were back end. It, I don't have to do pixel moving stuff with it. I mean, mm-hmm. Vue has some impressive functionality. Um, it, it plays nice with jQuery if you want it to. Uh, it has plugins for doing uh, remote calls, you know, Ajax-based calls without jQuery, if that's how you want to do it. It's very flexible and robust and simple. Uh, it, it uses arguments, um, or, or not even arguments, uh, attributes on tags in HTML to do most of its work, which, to me, looks cleaner, works better, and and really drops in well with the Laravel environment. Uh, so you just sort of lay things out as if an input were a variable and start writing to it and reading from it and do whatever you need to with it. Yeah, that's that was one of the features I liked about it as well. Just uh, as a as a backend developer, it seemed very approachable. Um, didn't seem like it took me that far out of my my comfort zone to to work with. Yeah, and I think when you get to the more advanced stuff, it becomes even more like a backend system with you know a lot of relationship stuff getting passed around and uh, variable uh, scope features. So it's it's interesting. Um, and you know the really the the important thing to me is that all the tutorials I need for Vue are on Laracasts. Oh yeah, yeah, Laracasts is fantastic. Yeah, I mean 188 minutes total for all of the current articles on Vue.js uh, walks you from really absolute beginner to a very comprehensive uh, user, and that's yeah, Laracasts you can't beat it. Uh, if if you're looking for a JavaScript framework, Vue.js, very nice. Highly recommend it. Cool. You know, along the same lines, now you, with with all the new projects and everything that Diego Dev is doing, you've started using Postman to do team collaboration for APIs and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't I haven't jumped into it yet, but I know you've been playing with it for a week or so now. Yeah, so I've been a big user of Postman for the better part of the last year or two. Love the tool. Learned recently that the Mac had a standalone client, which is nice. It's a little bit more responsive than the Chrome extension. Um, it allows me to flip to Postman. It, it was weird. I, I don't know if this happens on other platforms, but for my system, when I use the Chrome extension of Postman, and I wanted to switch back to my Chrome browser. I, you know, I do the uh, the super key tab, and I would select the Chrome icon. It would always throw the Postman up in front of Chrome, mm. so I would have to cycle through to get to my actual browser. So now that's a standalone app, it it handles that a lot better. Like I said, it, it appears to be a little bit more responsive. I don't know if that's uh, I don't I don't know if that's real or not. It just seems that way to me. So I've been using Postman for a while. I, at a local at a local user group meeting, on the San Diego PHP user group meeting, we had a presenter that presented on Postman about a, six months ago, and he just blew my mind because I had been using it for a solid year before I saw his presentation, and he yeah. explained his stuff was amazing. I mean, he he went on to these tools and functionalities that I was just like, oh, wow, like, of course it can do that, but I never, it never even occurred to me to try and do that. That's un- unbelievable. Even as simple as using different, the the environments. I, I never knew why 
I had an option to select different environments. I'm like, yeah, my environment's the internet. It's always the internet. And then I, <laughs> I understood, oh, okay, for my local environment, I can have different variables set up, and it, it was awesome. But because we used the tool so extensively for Diego Dev, we decided to do a team account. And one of the things we've struggled with uh, for a while is documentation of our APIs. And we've looked into a few of the, the tools to help document. And we had recently started going down the path of Swagger and using Swagger to document our APIs. Well, much to my delight, with the Postman team uh, package, it documents the APIs for you. It is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's, you create your you create your your Postman endpoints, and the documentation is generated automatically. It's awesome. Yeah, I've seen some of the stuff that's come out of it so far, and it's uh, it's pretty cool stuff. Postman it has turned into one of those tools that I I would have trouble developing without. Like if if PHP Storm dropped off the face of the earth tomorrow. I would be fine. I could use I could easily use Vim for that. If Vim dropped off the face of the earth tomorrow, I'd be fine. I could use PHP Storm. If Postman dropped off the face of the earth tomorrow, I would panic. Yeah, it really there I've used other tools before, but they are they they pale in comparison. They are really really shallow tools uh as opposed to the really fleshed out work that Postman has done. And it's one of those tools that's worth learning well to spend the extra hour playing with every option and clicking every button and seeing what they do because there there's feature packed into it that you can't see just immediately. Um, automated testing. Exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, validation yeah. of your responses and, and, you know, storing, storing sets of queries that you want to have shared out to your team so that they can easily query for the username or whatever they want to look up. Um, it's a fantastic system and, you know, it, it makes API-driven development just a finger snap. It's so easy. Well, what else was cool is when I was sharing the, the team um, folders or collections, they're called collections in Postman. When I was sharing the, the team collection, there were a couple of API keys in there that I didn't necessarily want to share with all the developers. They are company API keys to services that we pay for. And it turned out there's actually a feature in there that that allowed you to hide the the value of those keys. So that was cool. Now, is is this a paid service? Are we giving them yeah. money for the great work that they're doing? Oh yeah, yeah. It, and it's actually a, a little on the pricey side. What are we uh, looking at? Uh, I would have to look up the the price exactly. Um, I mean, it's a per developer cost. I want to say it's like seventeen dollars a developer or something. I, I would I would have to look it up, uh, but I'm not going to. Oh, do we're it not anymore. we're not using buckets anymore for uh, for our financial transactions. Using what? Ducats. Ducats? No, we don't use ducats anymore. <laughs> so you want to hear something weird? Uh, yeah, hit me up. There's for years ha- has been this battle against the evil empire known as Microsoft. In the lonely Jedi Unix Linux developer. <laughs> I thought you meant Unix, Unix differently. The Jedi, <laughs> the Jedi Unix were a not popular uh, group of Jedi troopers. Yeah, it didn't seem like they had a lot of people signing up for that group, huh? Yeah, but the hey, the ones that did it said they'd never made a better decision. 
<laughs> we all know in recent years, Microsoft has begun to embrace the open source world. And they've been doing some really weird stuff to, to yeah. show how committed. Yeah, they've, they've, they're working with Docker to make sure that uh, Docker has direct kernel access so that uh, high-performance VMs are available on Windows. Yeah, they, they came out with a version of their SQL product to run on Linux, which was super weird. And then a recent, very recent... They announced that Bash was going to be included in Windows. How weird is that? That's pretty insane. I mean, when is when is this happening? Is, I, I, it, is it really Bash? That's a great question. So as far as when, I, I'm, to understand it's going to be in Windows 10, um, is it really Bash? You know, I don't know. It's like, what, what does Bash bash mean i mean are you saying you're, you're going to include all the typical unix tool set that's included with bash like ls and rm and all that stuff uh what's what what do you mean when you say bash exactly well you know you know who knows is uh dr linux dr linux hi everybody i'm dr linux here we go here we go <laughs> Yes, oddly enough, I was just playing a little stupid, and I do know a bit about this Bash thing that's coming to Windows. Um, it, it appears that Windows is going to be implementing or has implemented uh, most of the system calls for the Linux system. So th this means that not just Bash is going to be able to run, but all of the normal Linux uh software should be able to run as well, or most of it. Um, you know, you're going to run into things like the Windows firewall and the Windows security layer and stuff like that, but there are actively developers uh, working on getting their products, which have only been Linux-based software, ready for the Windows environment uh, in, in preparation for this Bash system. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. So now, are you, are you saying, that, let's take it back a step. If I write a Bash script in Linux that, I don't know, moves files around, maybe does a little rsyncing, um, maybe it cleans up a directory and deletes old files, are you telling me right now that with no modification, I can take that Bash script from my Linux system and run it on a Windows 10 system? I'm not going to say with no modification. Uh, you're definitely going to have to have... Uh, a lot of stuff compiled from scratch. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to need the GCC compiler, and you're going to need to get a lot of things like rsync compiled for Windows. But it shouldn't be a problem to to do that. Yeah. Um, so this... and, you know, naturally, there's going to be a there's going to be a community supporting this when it comes out. So you'll you'll start seeing stuff get ported over rather quickly. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a a fork of many Linux tools that are going to be intended to be ported to windows yeah this is super super cool super interesting now i've always run bash on my windows machine back in the day when i actually used windows but i did it through sequin um, mm -hmm. and, and it was a reasonable substitute i i never had a lot of problems with it and it brought all those tools that i was familiar with on my linux systems to my windows system so that was nice. I, I'm I'm really curious to see what Microsoft's 
Microsoft's implementation of Bash looks like. It's going to be interesting. You know, by my by my imagination, I don't think it's going to be much different than Sigwin. Um, Sigwin is already out there and pretty well fleshed out. Uh, I think it's just going to have more interaction with some of the lower level functionality uh, that Windows doesn't normally provide. So, so what's my, what's Microsoft telling us here? What are they saying by doing this? Uh, we're sorry. We're sorry. We can't say it enough. We're sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's I'll hard. Take to, it. It's hard to say what Microsoft is thinking with this stuff. You know, uh, th- things are are changing all over the operating system world and the development world uh, right now. And Microsoft might be fearing the Reaper when it comes to operating system sales. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about Windows 10 uh, being more openly distributed to people who aren't prone to paying for things. <laughs> I'm not sure. If you... <laughs> I think you might know who I'm talking about. Uh, and, you know, I, I... support and corporate sales has long been Microsoft's bread and butter. Uh, and I, I think in any environment, bringing additional functionality is not going to be looked down upon. So I just say good for them, whatever the thinking is. Yeah, I, I, I totally am on board with it. I'm sorry I'm not a customer anymore. I probably will, won't use your product again, but I, I'm happy that you seem to be on the right track now. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the question the question is, could they win you back as a user if they made the correct changes? That yeah, probably that not. Might, that might be a discussion that they're having internally: is how do they win back users who have permanently turned to Linux, Mac, OSs? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it's going it's going to be interesting. So I, I had a, an interesting conversation a while back with a developer. At one of our meetups, uh, we were we were proposing some changes to uh, password security, um, new hashes, new algorithms, better encryption, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he was absolutely unable to install a better encryption library. Okay. Um, can you can you imagine why someone would be unable to to install an encryption library? Shared hosting. So he's on shared hosting. Yes. And he he could not get off shared hosting. And I've worked for a company like this before that someone in the upper levels had worked out a deal with a friend uh, who did hosting. And now they were on shared hosting. And no amount of convincing could get them away from this great deal on shared hosting that they had won. And I am I am aghast at this. Uh, with all of the virtual providers that we have now, where you have your own slice of a large server and you're paying five bucks a month for it, or you know, a hundred bucks a month if you're running something corporate and big, and it, shared hosting is still alive and well. And I am amazed; it should be long dead. You should not be stuck on a server with some stranger's data, I, or at I... least not stuck on an OS, not a shared a shared. Uh, nginx or apache install it's bizarre to me okay so you want to hear dirty little secret i would love to (laughs) when i noticed you put that on the trello board i I believe you put it on yesterday 
And I I had assumed that you had put that on because you would seen the tweet I had posted out earlier. So you know, my, you know, I don't. I had you blocked. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I don't. I can't say I blame you there. But my dirty little secret is that I myself had been on shared hosting up until up until yesterday. Now, I haven't been using the shared hosting. This is how lazy I am and how how fantastically well versed I am at procrastination. I have been paying the shared hosting facility probably for the better part of the last six months because it's like it was like three dollars a month uh, <laughs> to handle uh, some legacy email accounts that I had. So I wasn't using their stuff to host my website. I wasn't using any of their services except to handle some legacy uh, email routes that I, I had to find. Right. It's, it's always just that one that one lingering thing that keeps your three dollars coming out every month. I mean, here I am. I'm running a small development group. We have several servers that we pay for. Uh, you know, I, I and I had long since moved, like our local user group. Um, you know, SDPHP, SD San Diego Laravel user group. I you know moved all of them to the company. PHP ugly. PHP. Well, nope. PHP ugly. We need to talk about, but. We we moved everything over to our company servers, and I had just been so lazy at closing this account that I I had forgotten about it. I mean, quite honestly, I don't even think about it. Um, it wasn't until I'm having breakfast with my wife Friday morning, which is yesterday, having breakfast with my wife, and I have a, a sales rep from this hosting company call me up and try to hard sell me <laughs> on using their <laughs> templating engine. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was very polite. You can ask my wife. She was like, you were very polite to that guy until the end. <laughs> but I, I told him, I'm like, listen, you know, I, I kind of do this for a living. And he goes, well, you never have to write another line of HTML code again. And I'm like, dude, I don't write HTML code today. <laughs> See, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, you're not kidding me. Son, we've moved on to XML. (laughs) And he starts saying, you're not giving me a chance to explain to you the benefits of this templating engine. I'm like, listen, you say one more word and I'll cancel my, you'll motivate me to finish canceling my account. And he said one more word. (laughs) So I, uh. (laughs) Please, sir, I have children. I just need this money. (laughs) That's it. You're gone. That's all Children. I needed, man. I, I came home. I was so fired up. I, I was so fired up. I came home. And I'm like, after, that's after, a, after a short I'm, nap, that account canceled. I'm, I'm clicking this last button now, buddy. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I saw I saw that come on. I'm like, man, and and I think that may hold true for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people, it's just easy. It's like you don't you don't even have to think about this stuff. I mean, as long as you're not hosting company critical data out there who cares i mean that's how i was with it for a long time i was like my blog's out there who cares my blog's out there i don't care i don't care that it's on uh, you know multi-tenanted server it doesn't really mean anything to me i'm not, i wasn't too concerned about it sure so for the for the cost and not having to worry about the administration of it i can see why some people may still use shared hosting i you know Speaking of that that poorly timed phone call, I worked for a, an adult oriented dating website at one point. You 
Yes. No. And we had an interesting policy, which was if, if they continued to pay us, if their card didn't get declined and didn't, uh, didn't get chargebacks or anything on it, then we would just stop emailing them to remind them that they had an account with us. No, and I think that holds true with several industries. Don't wake the sleeping dog, right? right? If he's paying you, and he's been paying you for the last four or five years because he has a you know, reoccurring payment out of a credit card or PayPal account, don't bother him. Yeah. Don't, don't remind him he's paying us. It's, it's not the most ethical standpoint in my book. It, it's one of the uh, few ethical issues I had, but it it definitely held true. And and we aren't the industry. You know, you know adult entertainment isn't the only industry that does this. There's plenty of you know Absolutely. what you would be considered dream industries that just keep the money rolling in. And uh, the best thing a client or the best thing a person can do is audit their own transactions, audit their records, make sure that they're not paying for something obscene that they don't know about or just aren't paying attention to yeah yeah i think the first time i heard from major league baseball was the spring training when my credit card was denied to renew for a new season with them i'm like oh yeah that's right i had them set up as a reoccurring payment so yep uh what what next what should we talk about next like i don't know maybe whatever's next to discuss on the trello board yeah what is this item <laughs> E1YBZ5, static site generators using Laravel blade templating. So at our user group meetup last time, I, I had mentioned uh, at our Laravel user group meetup, I talked about a new static site generator that came out called uh, Katana. And it was cool. I mean, there's a couple of static site generators out there. Now, um, now just, just to get it out of the way, Katana, because it's a blade template static site generator have to have to keep the theme running you just blew my mind there i i didn't i did not put the two together that is fantastic <laughs> the, the, the disingenuous is uh, only visible on video but, <laughs> but yeah so so there's there, you know, there we have are... an audience it's not just me and you yeah. have to break things down for some some of the audience members there are other Static site generators for PHP. Sculpin is another one. But Katana was the first one that I had seen that was using the Laravel blade templating agent or engine. So I thought that was pretty cool. Started looking into it to do PHP ugly site. And to back up a little bit, the reason I didn't say that our PHP ugly site was being hosted on Diego dev servers is because I was looking at hosting php ugly site on git github pages which katana yeah which katana gives you the ability to do so it does like an export to github format well so github format's just markdown and katana uh that's that's how uh you do stuff in katanas with with markdown but yes it 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 handles that uh being compliant with the github pages so I, I was looking into it, I started playing with it a little bit, but hadn't gotten, really hadn't gotten a chance. And the cool thing about it is with, with the GitHub pages, it's just a branch on your repo. So we have the PHP Ugly podcast repo, 
that's open to the public. That's where we put all our show notes. If you're ever looking for a show note, you go to a PHP Ugly Git repo, you go to the podcast uh, repo, and all the shows are in there. Yeah, but, also, question your life decisions if you're going through our show notes. <laughs> we may be looking for you know a link or something, buddy. Be positive. <laughs> Ev- evidence. But uh, to do GitHub pages, it's just a branch off of, off a of repo, which is really nice. Um, I was looking into it, hadn't really gotten a chance to do anything, and then lo and behold, across my my several news feeds, another Laravel Blade templating engine static site generator comes across my desk. This really? One's called, What's it called? This one's called Jigsaw. Jigs- Jigsaw. I now, now the thing about Jigsaw uh, that I like about is a the company that's behind it, Titan, Titan, Co- Titan Development or Titan Company or Titan LLC, whatever. One of Titan the owner, Company. One of the owners of Titan is Matt, who is the uh, uh, host of the Laravel podcast and works closely with Taylor and Jeffrey Way on projects. So, so that, Mr. Matt Stauffer. Stauffer, yes. That was very appealing to me. Using very similar uh, ideas that uh, Katana was, uh, blade, blade templating engine underneath. Uh, Jigsaw allowed you to def- define um, a configuration file, which was looking cool. So I think I'm going to give Jigsaw a try. Now, I tried installing it today, and it failed on some dependency um, kind of some composer to dependencies, so I might I might give that another shot tomorrow. I didn't look too much into it, but I'm thinking about trying to do something with PHP Ugly using Jigsaw. Yeah, and and Jigsaw is nice. It uh, ties into Laravel Elixir quite well. So you've got things like CoffeeScript and Browserify and Babel and SAS and Less and things like that right away. You know, immediately available. Yeah, yeah, and, and you got to think it's it's only going to get better, or it could get worse. That's always a possibility. <laughs> so that's all I have. I have nothing else to. I you know I have not. We've been so busy at work and with these product launches, I have not been keeping as close <clears throat> of an eye on the going ons in the PHP world as I normally do. Do you have uh, anything else you'd like to talk about? Um, there's not a whole lot going on in the PHP world right now. We've got uh, RFCs coming up for the next version of, of PHP 7 that's going to be released, possibly PHP 8, or maybe just skip straight to 9 because fuck it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been a nice, quiet week in the PHP world. Although I don't expect that to stay for long. Cool. Well, I don't know. You think this is a good, good spot to wrap it up? Oh. <sighs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Wait, I'm almost out of scotch. Yeah. Look at that. Look Yeah, see, that's a sure sign that, that we're about to wrap up. <laughs> well, do your, do your thank you for listening. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast. Uh, do, do we want to give them a, a sneak preview of what we're going to be talking about next week? Do we know what we're talking about next week? <laughs> nope. All right, guys. <laughs> have, a, have a good week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the PHP Ugly podcast. PHP Ugly can be found on Twitter at PHP Ugly. 
You can also follow the host, Eric Van Johnson, on Twitter at Shocom, that's spelled S-H-O-C-M, or myself, Tom Rideout, on Twitter at RealRideout. <laughs>